0: Thank you for supporting Overcomer's Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped.
1: I want you to notice in Psalms 56 and verse 4, it reads as follows. Now let me give you this a quick backdrop. I know some of you probably read this in your uh, the commentary that's in your Bibles. Uh, but David had has just been captured by... The Philistines in Gath. So David is in a physical state of captivity. And so he writes this psalm, and some people call it a prayer to the Lord. And I'm going to read two verses, even though the whole psalm is the culmination of this prayer. It says in verse 4, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. Notice this, even in a state where he has been captured by the enemy, he says, I will not fear. Powerful statement. Powerful statement. Then he goes on to say, what can flesh do to me? Ooh-wee. What can flesh do to me? And then, just in case he didn't quite understand it, he goes back down and verse 10 and reads as follows. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In verse 11, in God, I have put my trust. And then I like, even in the midst of him being captured by the Philistines, he says this, I will not be afraid. When you're being captured, and you can't go anywhere, and you're in the hands of the Philistines, David makes a statement, I will not be afraid. He made up his mind, I'm not going to be afraid. Have we made up on our mind this morning? We're not going to be afraid. Despite what the enemy may try to do to us. Then the latter part of this, he says, what can man do to me? What can man do to me? Based on that, I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. Trusting in God will deliver me from fear. Trusting in God will deliver me from fear. Fear is real. Especially to the person that's dealing with fear. It's not imagined. It is something that is real to that individual. Especially, uh, when they're dealing with certain circumstance and situations. There's something has to be there that normally activates fear. Now, to not acknowledge the existence of fear can cause us not to realize the serious implications that it can bring about when it comes to trusting the Lord wholeheartedly. See, we see the opposite of fear is faith. And the Lord desired for us to walk by faith and not by sight. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse seven. It reads as follows for we walk by faith, not by sight. So the writer tells us, Paul here, that we are making our way. We are progressing. We are making due use of our opportunities in life. And we're doing it by faith. We're progressing by faith. Our trust, our confidence. Our assurance in God's written and revealed word. See, fear will have you focus more on what you see and hear rather than what is true according to the word of God. See, fear tends to bring on feelings of hopelessness, discouragement, and will work to try to destroy our confidence and assurance in God. See, it will attempt to break us down and cause us to live in torment if we don't deal with fear. And also, to remind yourself of who is with you. Who's with me? Who's with me 24 hours a day and seven days a week? Never leave me. Never forsake me. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9 gives us the answer to that. So let's go to Joshua chapter 1. And verse 9, the book of Joshua, chapter 1 and verse 9. Who's with me? Who's there when I go to sleep at night? Who's there when I get in the car in the morning? Who's there when I come to church? Who's there with me when I'm at home and you're really not by yourself? Hallelujah. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid and, be, and nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So have I not commanded you? Notice it was command that he's telling the people. He says, be strong. I command you to be strong, be firm, be, uh, be strengthened in your faith and of good courage. And also do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't dread. Don't be oppressed. Now, notice in these particular commands, he is giving us a choice. It's up to us to be strong. It's up to us to not be afraid, nor dismayed. Don't be broken. Don't be shattered. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Go to work. He's with you. Go home. He's with you riding up and down the road. He's with you. God is with you. Man can't be with you 24 hours a day and seven days a week. But God can. And we got to live and think and act like God is with us and he will never leave us nor forsake us. See, fear can cause us to feel helpless in the midst of trials, tribulations and difficult times. The Lord gives us a great reminder for where our true help comes from in Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. The book of Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. See, the Lord is definitely reminded us that when darkness comes, when our way of light seems dim, the Lord is with us. Thank God he is with us. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, folks will leave you, money will leave you, help will leave you, but God will not leave you. Notice the Psalms 40, excuse me, Isaiah 41 and verse 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I thank God he knows how to strengthen us, doesn't he? Yes, I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. So I like this. He says, fear not. Hey, don't be in dread. Don't be in terror. Why? For I am with you. I like that. He's with me. And I think about this, too. Remember, David is in prison, but he can always be assured that God is with him. He's with him. And he says this, do not be afraid. Don't dread. Excuse me. sorry. Don't be afraid. I read the other scripture. 41 and 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen. Yes, I will help you. Woo. I love the fact God will aid us. He gonna protect us. He gonna support us. He is going to surround us and give us the aid that we need. And I will hold you with my righteous hand. At school, God will aid you. At your business, God will protect you. In your home, God will protect you and surround you. It's good to know God will be with us, never forsaken us, with us all the days of our life. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, God is with us. We have to remember that the spirit of fear will try to come. And try to bring torment in our life. And we realize that the spirit of fear does not come from God. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. The book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. See, the spirit of a person has to do with the rational part of us in which we think, we talk, and we make decisions. In that part of us, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now notice this is a spirit of fear. It's not just you're just thinking uh, wrong or going through something, but it's a spirit that is trying to influence you to operate in fear. And one thing you need to understand that when Paul wrote the letter to Timothy, he was talking to believers. And so he understood, Paul did, that believers can be under the influence of fear. Believers can be under the influence of fear. Notice 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So he says here, for God has not given us. A spirit of fear, but a power. Now notice what God does give us. He gives us power. He gives us strength. He gives us the ability to perform miracles in our lives. Not only that, he gives us love, brotherly love, affection. And my, one of my favorite definitions of love is having your best interests at heart. God has our best interests at heart, and he also gives us a sound mind, self-control and discipline. Well, I like to put it like this. He gives us the ability to turn our minds over to Christ. I thank God he does, because the enemy will try to stop you from turning your mind over to Christ because he wants you to think like him. But God says, if you renew your mind with the word of God, I can do some great things in your life. I appreciate God doing that. See, fear will try to bring up torment as well in our lives, which is why we must strive to mature in our love for Christ. We see this in 1st Corinthians chapter four and verse 18. So let's go to 1st Corinthians, excuse me, 1st Corinthians, 1st John chapter four and verse 18, 1st John chapter four and verse 18, which reads as follows. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So let's go a little deeper into that. But there is no fear in love, but perfect love, mature love. And so you have to make up in your mind, I'm going to mature in my love walk. And if you follow Christ, you don't to have to mature in your love walk. You can pretend like you're not going to mature, but it'll be frustrating, it'll torment you. You have to mature in your love walk. Because if you follow Christ, you're gonna have to learn how to love the unlovable. Thank you for two and a half amen. Right you have to learn how to love people that's not easy to love. That is a mature walk for Christ. Talk about you, still love you. Trying to harass me, still love you. Don't like me, doesn't matter, I still love you. Why? Because Christ is in me teaching me how to love. So, fear, so but notice this, we're maturing in our love because that love casts out fear. And you notice that when you're mature in love, it's hard, it's a lot of things you don't fear anymore. They, listen, they don't torment you. They don't bring dread in your life. They don't bring punishment because fear tries to bring torment. But he whose fear has not been paid, made perfect in love. Now let's go back over to Psalms 56 and, th- and we're going to keep that in mind as we look at the life of David. Again, David has been captured by, excuse me, Psalms 54. Psalms 50, 56, I'm sorry, Psalms 56. David has been captured by the Philistines in in Gath. So you think about this for a moment. David has been captured. And I don't know if this is my imagination. This is my imagination. He could have been in jail like this. Or a place where he was captured, maybe in in a facility like this. He couldn't physically go and go conquer more lands. He couldn't go and see his children. He couldn't go and fulfill the purpose that he was called to do. He couldn't go but so far. And see, when you capture physically, you're limited as what you can do. You're limited of the places you can go. He couldn't go up to the mountains and to be with God. He had to stay in this particular place. He he couldn't go... Up and right and do different things, I should say, that he wanted to do because he was captured. He was going to do something and on the way to do something, he was captured and put in something physically. But if they caught him physically, he had to make up his mind they were not going to catch him mentally. Because you can be in a position where you allow the enemy to capture you mentally. And the problem that some people have today is they can go where they want to go physically, but mentally they can't do certain things. Can you imagine David being captured and not be able to go like he wants? see his family, do work with his armies, go conquer more land and so forth. But yet he was not limited in his mind. Now, we as believers may not be in a natural jail, but we can be in, in the prison of fear. Fear what others say about you. Fear what others think about you. Fear that God is not going to heal your body or supply your need can go everywhere, but still operating in fear. Fearful of a job, but working 40 hours a week. Fearful of a business, but yet you're working 50 hours on your business. Fearful of a home, but yet you're still living and sleeping in your home. Fear can imprison you mentally even though you walk walking around physically. Keep that in mind because I want you to look at David and how he approached his situation. Let's go to Psalms 56 in verse 1. Be merciful. Now, remember now, uh, this is, in my opinion, and what the authors read, is a prayer. He says, Be merciful to me, O God, for man will swallow me up. Watch this. Fighting all Day! He oppresses me. Ooh-wee. I'm not talking about two hours and quitting. Fighting all day. And what is he trying to do all day? Oppress me. Well, you ain't live long enough to the enemy tried to oppress you all day. Don't give up. I'm sorry, you think it'll be over when lunchtime came. No, all day. You thought it'd be over. You get ready to go home and get in your bed, but the enemy's still fighting you in your mind. All day. All day. All day. So he says this in the text. Be merciful, God. Have favor on me. Show me pity, God. Why? For man would swallow me up. He would devour me. Why? Fighting all day. He oppresses me. All day. He's fighting. Now, no fighting. He's battling. He's trying to uh, prevail against me, but he's doing it all day. Trying to afflict me, trying to crush me mentally and trying to press against me. Now, the thing I was looking at this, I, when I look at this and I study this song here, one thing I came to the conclusion of this was not they were doing anything to him physically. They were after him mentally. They were trying to crush the spirit. They were trying to crush him to the point that when he if if they did let him go, he would no longer be the David that they had captured, captured. And the enemy, listen, the enemy will let you walk around physically if you're not the person who God created you to be spiritually. And you have to watch out for the enemy that his fight sometimes it's not. Against what you can do when you walk around naturally but what you can do spiritually. How you can praise God spiritually, how you can give God glory uh, spiritually, how you can pray spiritually, how you can worship how you can witness He's fighting against that. Because you can walk around all day, go to the store, you can be at your job, you can be at your home, you can be at school. But if you're not effective spiritually, he knows he has you in that prison of fear. In church, but afraid to worship God. In Sunday school, but afraid to learn the scriptures. In your school, but afraid to pray over your food. At your job, but you're being tormented by the enemy. Not for a little while, but all day. Now one thing I thought about this when I was looking at this, I believe was going through this not just one day, but several days. Several days. Day after day, being tormented by the enemy. If you ever been called to a war zone where it feels like you're be- you're battling all day with somebody, or maybe two or three people, it could be at work, it could be at church, it could be at home, but fighting all day. I'm talking about fighting in your mind all day, a constant state of anxiety, worry, frustration. You may be dealing with a type of fear: if I say or do the wrong thing, that person gonna try to crush. Or devour me mentally, emotionally, or even socially. And what I've learned is the fear is not with them. The fear that we have to deal with is what the enemy is trying to deal with us, do to us. Because you can be in a position where you could be functioning on your place of employment, but you're operating in See, fear can have you functioning, getting the check, getting a business deal, but still you're not doing as God wants you to do. Mm. One thing I learned though, if I can't fight all day, the Holy Spirit can fight all day, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Woo! I said, Lord, I appreciate that. Cause sometimes I gotta take a break, get me a nap, or something, eat me a biscuit or two, are y'all following me? But the Holy Spirit is still fighting. wait! <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, cause fighting all day, you gotta be something special. But I appreciate the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible tells us and I believe it's the book of Romans that he makes intercession for us with, 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 with prayers that we don't quite understand. Holy Spirit is still making, he's growing, he's doing stuff for us. In other words I believe he's fighting our battles for us. He's fighting mentally for us. He's fighting even though we may not know we're being listen, sometimes we're being kept, don't even know we're being kept. Sometimes your mind is being kept just to think to talk and to act the right way. The Holy Spirit is doing that. I appreciate that, Lord. Psalms 56 and 2. He says this, My enemies would hound me all day. They were going through, wasn't it? At least in my mind it was. For there are many who fight against me. Notice, it wasn't just one or two. David said there are many who fight against me. And those words he uses there, he says they hound me. They desire in earnestly to devour me, to trample on me, to crush me, and not just one time they want to do it. All day, all day. Think about this: all day his enemies wanted to hound him, trample on him all day. Woo. And see, we can't be naive. To the fact that being a Christian, Christ-like, uh, sometimes that causes our enemies to reveal themselves more and more. People can and will get hostile toward us and act on that hostility. We may find ourselves like David asking God for mercy and faith because he realized only God could deliver him. And all of that, only God could keep him while he was being in his situation. I appreciate the fact God keeps me and helps me along the way. Not only, but see, this one what you've got to think about this. David was doing something for God, and now he could no longer do it. And sometimes that can mess with you. If you're not functioning like you think you ought to function, you, think, you won't think you're doing anything for the kingdom. But God is letting us know, hey, you can be, listen, be in contact with the enemy, but still function like you need to function. Oh, just because I can't get to the hospital, don't mean I can't pray for you at the hospital. Oh, just because I can't get to where you are, don't mean I can't send angels to do warfare against the enemy. Oh, get so he's he's fighting, he's fighting, he's fighting, he's fighting. He's fighting. I can only only imagine that he was dealing physically he was captured. But the enemy is trying to torment him through oppression as well as hounding him. To me, this was the mental aspect of his torture. And let me say this to you. The enemy hasn't changed neither. The enemy is still trying to torture people today. I'm talking about Mentally torture people. When you look at the news, it is almost mental torture. When you look at sometime on social media, it's almost mental torture. Listen, if you're not careful, you can watch certain events on television or on your social media account and you can leave that in fear. Why? Torment. Afraid to leave your house. Afraid to go on vacation. Afraid to go out to eat, so well. Everybody else eat. Everybody else doing stuff, but you sitting there. Oh Lord, what's going to happen to me? Tormented, tormented, tormented. Everybody else going eating sinners who don't know nothing about God out there doing stuff, and we got sometimes you got saints who say they serve the Most High God sitting back in the house. Tormented, tormented, tormented. Listen, TV! Oh, they got TV on. And the TV is the source of that torment. Sometimes you gotta turn that thing off. If that's your source, cut it off. Turn on Bonanza. Sample and something. I'm sorry. Whatever your choice is. Okay, let me put it to you like that. So now, it goes on here in Psalms 56 and verse 3. David, it's getting personal with his prayer. He says something that you can almost take the wrong way. But he's being real. And I appreciate David being real. Because by David being real, I can be real. Because if he real, then I know if David, notice what he says in the first part of verse 3. Whenever I am afraid. David, you—the one who fought Goliath—you afraid? The one who listen went into the cave and grabbed Saul's part of his robe—you afraid? You afraid? David is four hundred—you afraid? You out doing work for God and you got afraid. I said, David, I guess I can admit mine too, then, David. Money a little funny, got a little afraid. Doctor said this, that, and the other, got afraid. Saw the report on the news, got afraid. But notice his counterpart to that. Oh, I may be afraid, but God, I will trust in you. I will trust in you, God. Listen, I, I am dealing with something right here. That I don't like. I've been captured by the enemy. I'm sitting in this jail. They're trying to torment. Not just a few, a couple of hours. They torment me all day. All day they're going after my mind. All day they talking about me. All day they lying on me. All day they making up stuff on me. All day my family's harassing me. All day, my money harassing me. All day my body's going through. All day. And now, I'll be honest with you, God. This is why I believe that it was a prayer. I was, I'm afraid, God. I'm afraid. I didn't like what the doctor said there, God. I'm afraid. They talking about laying off, God. I get afraid because I think about my, my obligations. I'm afraid. I'm afraid because my responsibilities are coming up in my head. God, I'm a I'm afraid. I got terror. I'm I'm dreading some stuff. But you know what? Even though I'm afraid, God, I made up in my mind. Despite dealing with fear, despite dealing with torment, despite dealing with my situations, I will trust in you. I'm going to, I'm going to take hold. I'm going to be bold in you, God. I'm going to find confidence in you, Jesus. I'm going to find safety in you, God. I may be dealing with dread and terror, but I'm spiritual enough to
0: make up in my mind,
1: I will trust in you, God. I'm going to trust you, God. I like this because where else could David go? He, now think about this he hasn't been captured I'll put, let, let me put to you in terminology you may understand you only got so much money in the bank pain in your body is real your family situation is that was a nice effect would not it I wish I have planned that What you dealing with is real. It's nothing you make it up. Let me tell you something. When the pain hits your body, everybody pray. Well, be healed in Jesus' name. You like God move this thing right now. <laughs> Cause this stuff hurt. Hey, I don't know if y'all use the word hurt, but I'm going it's H H U U U U. R R R R R R R T T T T T T T T. See, y'all probably do stuff like I do. I pray. I know y'all got strong faith, and y'all walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, I give it about that long. I go grab me, <laughs> Lord. I say, God, you going to heal me through this right here? So whatever it is, according to your faith, be it unto you. David was looking, going through this process. He's been hounded. He's been oppressed. And now, not just a little time, but all day, I believe several days. And now he says, I will trust in you, Lord. I thank God he trusted him. Then he goes on in verse 4, Psalms 56 and verse 4. It's interesting. You're going to find Psalms 56 and 4, along with Psalms 56, 10 and 11, the same scripture. Almost verbatim. Let's deal with verse verse 4 first. Psalms 56 and 4. In God, I will praise his word. So I'm trusting you, God. But in you, I'm going to praise you. Hallelujah. His word is what gives us strength. His word will help you overcome fear. His word will help you to trust him. His word will deliver you. His word will protect you. His word even though you may be in a physical situation where you can't get out mentally his word will always keep you out his word will not listen enemy will try to bind you up and say you going to make with so much money an hour he'll try to bind you up and tell you that you're not going to get well from this thing you're dealing with but God will say no don't believe the enemy because God got the final say so I will supply every one of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus I will heal your body I will deliver you I will protect you I can do all things say fail even though you may be in a physical bound, you're not going to be bound spiritually or mentally. I'll tell you something. You're not going to be in your situation all your life. You you're not going to be in this 30-year mortgage. It ain't going to last you 30 years. I should have got bored with two amens right there. You got a 15-year loan. You ain't going to be no 15-year loan. I may sign five years, but I ain't going to be in the same five years. Yeah, this same property y'all laughing at me about is gonna be a rental property one day. Keep messing with me. Keep messing with me. This same car you said I will be bound for for the next five years at so much a month. I'll keep messing with me. Keep acting like God's word don't work. That's why I love your word, God. I may be in bail, I may just trade it in just to say, hey, God. <laughs> For Something better that he has for me. So David said, I'm going to praise you, boast about your word. I'm going to celebrate your word. I'm going to let God's word bring glory in God. I have put my trust, my confidence in security. I would not fear. He goes on to say, what can flesh do to me? (laughs) David makes the bold statement from a man who is constant battle with men daily. He also makes a similar statement in Psalms 56 and 11. I put my trust in you. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Men who were trying to devour him and crush him. David knew he had to stay in God and celebrate his word. He had to stay in God and celebrate his word. He also knew he had to put, he could, excuse me, he could put very limited confidence in man but unlimited confidence in God. Limited confidence in man, but unlimited confidence in God. So we know that we put unlimited confidence in God, but man, we're limited. Remember, the Holy Spirit would teach you how to trust man. And if you miss it, you'll learn the lesson, the hard way, like we all have. So, and it goes on to say in Psalm 56 and four, Dave makes some mind, I will not fear What can flesh or what can humans do to me? Now, let me put something in perspective before we go further, because I don't want nobody to get too deep on me and miss what David is saying. Flesh or humans in a natural setting can do a lot of harm to you. All right. I don't want nobody to get that. They can harm you. David, we don't know, could have been beaten. It could have held food back from it. Flesh or humans can harm people. That's just reality. I don't want, listen, I don't want you to get so deep. Oh, no. Reality is flesh or humans can harm people. But God can do much more than flesh or humans. I want you to understand that. God can do much more than flesh or humans. I believe David was letting them know, hey, you may put me inside here, but God got something greater for me. Because even in the midst of me being in this particular situation, I know God is not letting my mind be bound. He's not letting my thinking and my talking and my acting be limited to you i may not be able even to get out but i can write a song that they preach about thousands of years later isn't that amazing he in jail even when paul wrote his letters to the different churches we are still studying about those letters today and paul wrote them several from jail Isn't it amazing that God can take something that we don't think is will be significant and turn it into something very powerful? Isn't God wonderful? It's amazing how God can take a song that you sing here on Sunday that will keep me on Wednesday. Isn't it amazing how a prayer that can be prayed here on Sunday morning can be a benefit to me on Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Isn't it amazing how God can take a word that we get here this day and keep us on Friday and Saturday and Thursday because God's word is alive. His word is alive and it's working on each and every one of us. You will thank God for the anointed church because an anointed church will go with you when you go home, when you go to school, when you go to your workplace. His word continues to work on us. That's why we celebrate his word. That's why we are happy about his word. And only a believer who understands the power in the word of God can praise his word despite being captured by the enemy, being hounded, as well as fighting against fear all day long. But they perceive that the word of God is more powerful than their circumstance. Do you think and do you believe that the word of God is more powerful than your circumstance? Do you believe it's more powerful than your financial situation? Do you believe it's more powerful than what's going on in your mind? Do you believe that God can do what he said he could do in his word? And will his word not return back to him void, but accomplish everything that he said it out isn't God wonderful today? Woo. Can't God do what he said? So if I'm the enemy, I'm going to try to keep you from the word of God. I'm going to try to keep you, listen, looking at social media because that could be feeding your fear. I'm going to keep you watching things on television because that could be feeding your fear. But the word of God is going to be the thing that's going to deliver you, going to protect you, going to bring you out and give you strength in the, what you're dealing, guess what you're dealing with. It's gonna give you strength. Oh, he asked the question, what can flesh do to me? David's battle was intense because we're, we hey, they were fighting him, but they were also, attempt, they were also attempting to destroy his reputation by taking his words out of context. You ain't live alone enough somebody took your words out of context. You ain't live alone enough you counter people to attempt to take you, to say what you say, to, uh, take what you say to further their own agenda. You just ain't live long enough. Keep on living. It's going to happen. Somebody going to take what you say and and misquote it because do whatever. And and, and then they're like, well, so and so said it.
0: Oh, ho, ho, ho,
1: ho, 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 ho. ho." That ain't what I said. Psalms 56 and 5. Notice what David said all day. Not, not, not just one or two statements. All day they twist my words. Can you imagine somebody all day take everything you said and twist it up? I mean, you say, you say the sky is blue. They take it and say, duh, he said the sky is green. What? I didn't say that. They take your words and they twist it up. Not just a part time, but all day. All their thoughts are against me for evil. So they twisted his word, they fabricate, fabricated or stretched his words. All their thoughts, imagination, device, and plans are against me for evil's sake. Trouble or wicked. David realized that it was a collective effort against them. In other words, the people were plotting behind his back as well as in front of his back. And let me tell you something, folks, you're going to live long enough, somebody's going to plot against you. I went, let's give it. I can pray this prayer right here. Lord, don't let nobody plot against they back in the name of the name. It ain't going to work. I ain't, ain't going to waste my time. You know what I'm going to pray? I'm praying pray that you can handle it when they do plot against you. I'm going to pray that you can handle it and you don't go off the deep end and you don't go in there riding your car up in there trying to handle your business like you think you ought to handle it, but you will have the wisdom of God. Some of them not want to get you fired. That's all they want. They can care less about you. And you can fall in the trap of the enemy all you want to. I'm not even getting mad at them. I'm getting mad at you for allowing that to happen. I'm sorry. Did that that too personal? You don't let folks do that. Listen, they can talk about you from here to Jesus come back. And hey, people going to talk about you. Indirectly or indirectly. You're a good topic. Give something good to talk about. Every time he get in the, in the break room, he praying over food and stuff. Duh. He said, hold, I can't, dog, he, dog, look at him. He don't want, look, he got his, look look at his, he won't talk to nobody. He won't gossip about nobody in in the workplace. Why don't they gossip with us? Gossip, gossip, gossip. We got some good gossip. Why don't he get in there with us and gossip with us? And you decide not to do it because that's not me. God's got you higher than that. And folks don't like you. Uh, not like you, but they don't understand you. I put it to you like that. When well, you start doing stuff like that, it's not going to understand you because light and darkness don't mix, do it? <laughs> Woo! Glory be to God. So don't you let don't you let these folks drive you off a job that God put you on? Ah, now, yeah. out. They're talking about me. So. Did you ever read that they talked about Jesus? I mean, they talked about him. They talked about him. And you know if they talked about your savior, the one who was did nothing wrong. You know they're going to say one or two words about you along the way. <laughs> I don't know if they going to be like David talking about you all day, though. But you might be that interesting, though. You never know. Psalms 56 and verse 7. Hmm. shall they escape my iniquity in anger, cast down the people, Lord. Remember, David's praying because he's locked up. He's captured by the Philistines. Um, but David understood, shall they escape, deliver me in anger, excuse me, in anger, cast down the peoples. David cried out to God and asked him to cast down the peoples. David knew this situation was bigger than him. Clearly, David had a personal relationship with the Lord beyond going to church In which we should learn in church, we should learn, we should grow and be better as a result of weekly church attendance. But we need that personal relationship with God, that personal devotion time with God. We need that. That's going to keep you. That is going to give you strength. That is going to help you to overcome the obstacles that come up in your life. David understood that. I believe we understand that, too, as well. Goes on in verse eight. You number my wonderings, put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? You number my days. You count exactly my wonderings, God. You put my tears or your weeping into your bottle. Are they not in your book? Powerful prayer that David is praying to God. goes on here in verse 9, 56 and 9. When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. Notice this. When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn or go back. This I know. In words, I, I know because I know by experience because God is for me. Now, let me say this to you. And I want you to understand this. Don't take this the wrong way. When you ask for your enemies to leave. Many times it going look like they're going to speed up and go towards you faster. Y'all understand that, right? Let's say this is your enemy, and I speak to this enemy. Be gone! Leave me alone! It's not that enemy gets closer to me. But you got to believe God despite what you see. Because you walk by faith, not by what? Sight. Because remember, David prayed this While he was in captivity. While he was in captivity. But I truly believe he believed God for his deliverance. Walking with God brings life changing experience that helps us know that God is for me. It's usually those times that cause us to cry to him or weep in ways that words can't describe. But the end result is this. I know because God is with me. Woo. Thank God he's with us. That's you know, you can trust God wholeheartedly when you believe and understand that God is with you. And then in verse 10. In in God, I will praise his word in the Lord. I will praise his word. Notice this. This particular statement is repeated twice. So it's, it's in God. I will praise or celebrate and boast about your word. See, I truly believe that David understood that the word was working in his life. It was working. Even though he was still being captured, hounded, they were trying to oppress him. He was dealing with fear. He said, you know what, God? Your word is working. In other words, I believe he understood that even being captured, God was keeping him. So whatever you're dealing with, Maybe don't look at what you're dealing with, but understand you're being kept as you're being delivered. Mm, I like that, God. Sometimes it's not in the fact that you are in a situation where God going to bring you out, like pay off all your bet, debt, just like that. heal your body, just like that. Have you thinking better, just like that. Cause people around you to act right all, like that. Sometimes it's the fact that God keeps you while he's doing the work in you as well as around you. Do you see that? Sometimes the fact that God pays every bill on time every month. while he's paying off all your debt. Sometimes it's the fact that even while you're being challenged in your body and taking medicine, God is keeping you. So your your body could be a whole lot worse. Sometimes it's not the fact that God is causing all your enemies to, to be at bay or do whatever. But sometimes it's God keeping you, building your character as your enemies are around you. They lying on you, but you're still keeping your tongue. They see, they talk, they doing things against you, but yet you are still saved and you have not went off like you used to. You ain't cuss nobody out. You ain't pulled out your stuff. start wanting to react. And you ain't forgot. Some people got their stuff at certain places, but they didn't choose not to go get it. You're not going to let people take you out and do stuff to you based on their actions. Because why? You got the word working in you. It ain't you. It's the word working in you. Because if the word wasn't working in you, we'll see a different side of you. I mean, there's, there's a, a person uh, that you keep locked away under the blood of Jesus. I pray he never come out. And, and y'all know him or her. And more than one back there too. Some of y'all got two or three different personalities that y'all can bring out at certain times. And, and y'all know who they are too. And you feel them when they start tapping on the shoulder. Janet's trying to come out. Let me, let me, let, me, let Janet come out and handle it. Janet, Janet can handle everybody. here. Janet being tied her, her bandana around her head. <laughs> Janet, be tied it up, boy. Janet got her stuff ready. I said, this, this tag me in. Let me feel it. Janet got her mouth ready. She read. she got about fifteen, twenty two cuss word. She ready to let some people know about how she feel about this. And she tied tired of all y'all up here. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you what, Janet ready. But you can't let Janice out no more. You can't let Janice out. You sure can't let Fred out. And I'm going go. Fred got you fired from your last job. <laughs> you, that's why you ain't got a relationship right now. Fred came out and they told him everything. But Fred had you sitting in that car. I'm gonna pay my bills. <laughs> How am I gonna do this? And well, we have to. That's why you know the word is working. When you got peace, when you normally didn't have peace. You walk out of there with joy when you normally didn't have joy. I'm about done. Hold on just a second. Hold on. Hold on one second here. Hold on. So, in the latter part of Psalms 56:11, in God, 56 and 11, in God I have put my trust. I would not be afraid. What can man do to me? You know one thing I thought about from that statement there? David realized that even though I've been captured by the Philistines, I'm in a situation. Uh, yeah, they're pounding me, they oppress me, or they're trying to hound me, they're trying to oppress me. In other words, they had a mental attack against David. And he said, "You know what? I'm dealing with a fear, some fear right here. I will still trust you, God, because your word is working in me. I've came to the conclusion, yeah, man can do some stuff, but God is greater than man. And sometimes it's not, okay, Lord, well, how do I put this? See, the trick of the enemy is to get you not to recognize that God is working in you. That's the trick of the enemy. Some of you don't realize how good you're doing. Because the enemy is always bringing up how bad you're doing. He's always bringing up, you didn't do this. You prayed 12 minutes, oh, you should have prayed 15 minutes. You gave a oh, you should have gave 1,500. You were praising God, you should, you went witnessing out there and you witnessed to five people. And then the next Sunday, nobody came to church. You're like, man, I didn't do nothing, did I? You're doing stuff, but the enemy will downplay what you're doing. He'll say, you're not doing anything. Well, God is saying, hey, you're doing more than what you think you are. And one thing I want to get across to us before we leave this sanctuary, as we're trusting in God, you're doing more than what you think you are. You are doing more than what you think. Holy Spirit told me to remind some of us hey, some of your prayers are making a difference more than what you think. Your giving is changing your living more than what you think. You sharing Jesus with others is making an impact even though they may not say it to you verbally. It's making an impact. Why? Because you're trusting in God. And it's delivered you from fear. And now you're operating by faith and not by sight. I'm done. Stand you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at three one nine three South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at ten and Wednesday evenings at seven. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.